This is the book I've been going through, you know, on my own time with the Lord. Um, somewhat of a challenging book because of the, the theme and that everything that goes on as well. Whenever I go through uh, or, you know, a study or a book for myself, you know, I think that's our motivation too, right? Our motivation should be uh, behind reading and studying is to, to hear from God, amen? To hear from Him and to learn from Him. To learn from the, from the people in the book as we'll learn, learn from Jonah tonight. Um, learn from their mistakes that we, we don't make the same ones in my life. Uh, for me, that's sometimes, you know, some, somewhat distracting to me a little bit because, you know, I, I get focused on, on the human mistake and maybe the human lesson. And, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, that's a, that's a good thing when we see and learn from others. But here tonight, you know, I want to share with you, you know, not what, what man did, not what Jonah specifically did or, or didn't do, but but what God did, what God did for him. We're going to be going through chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Jonah to get, the, like, the full picture. But I am continually in awe of what God is doing in the people, you know, back then and even now today. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen it. Also, God does an amazing work in someone's life, changes their perspective, changes their direction in life. You know, a total 360, right? They just, they're going straight into darkness. Now they're, they're coming to the Lord. You know, dramatic changes. All because he has a plan, a plan for salvation, a plan to show people grace and mercy. You guys experienced that? Grace and mercy in your life? There are times where we don't, don't know or, or can't see what God's plan is, but, but God's on the throne, amen? God's on the throne. When we communicate with God, with the Lord, when we have you know, that, that steady fellowship with him, steady fellowship with him, there will be no mystery. You know, God's plan will may be made clear to us, and we will have you know, that joy, that feeling that I can't be replaced by anyone else or any other person. You know, that, that spiritual high that Manny's always saying, you know, to be a, a part of God's plan in Almani, in our homes, you know, even as a, just as, as an individual. You know, the creator of heaven and earth, you know, allowing us to join in his efforts to be a part of the salvation of his sons and daughters. Do you want to be a part of that? You guys aren't excited. You want to be a part of that? Yes. yes. So let's jump into Jonah chapter 1. Everyone there? Jonah chapter 1. Let's read verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So right off the bat, we see the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord coming to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to him and gave him instructions of what to do. You know, very clear instructions to go to Nineveh and cry out against it. The NLT says to announce my judgment to the people who are there. Nineveh was a, a flourishing capital of the Syrian Empire uh, on the eastern side of the Tigris River. It was considered a, considered a great city, a, a rich city. And usually with a great city comes great sin. I think of a lot of different cities like that. The Lord wanted to use Jonah to reach out uh, to a city that wanted nothing to do with him, wanted nothing to do with the Lord or his ways. The clear direction of God speaking to Jonah. 
clear direction. Have you ever had clear instructions from God in your life? Clear instructions? You know, son, daughter, I want you to, do, you to do this for me today. I want you to do this for me tomorrow. You know, I'm sure Jonah was like us sometimes, and, you know, like me, I say, oh, what's in it for me, God? What's in it for What can I get out of it? You know, I, I'm sure most of us have, have shared with a person, you know, that doesn't really want to hear God's word. And how just like physically draining it is, right? You get like spiritually worn out from people not wanting to listen. Not, not to me or not to yourself, but listen to God's word, right? You know, usually it's, I'm like, Lord, you know, as long, you know, as I get something out of it, I'll, I'll, I'll do this for you. You know, that's that selfish person inside of me. You know, you know, before I go, Lord, you know, you know what's it going to be like? You know, I want to know all the details, so to speak. Um, you know, I'll almost make requests from demands in some ways uh, before I get, you know, on my feet and go and do what God says. Instead of being filled with joy that the Lord wants me to be a part of someone's salvation, just that in itself is enough for me to listen. This is what Jonah's uh, trip was all about, you know, you know not, not, not judgment, but an extension of, of mercy and grace of God to all the people of Nineveh. 40 days, Jonah told them that the Lord was going to come in 40 days, that the Lord was going to over, overthrow the city. That was in Jonah 3, 4. That was the message. So there was a period of grace. Uh, it wasn't an instant act of judgment that Jonah was going to deliver. And still today, the, lo the Lord is coming to overthrow this world, right? To come back. You know, that's, a, that's an awesome message. But uh, again, a message that was given to Jonah because... There was that connection there with Jonah and God. You know, we, we will not hear if we are not close to him. You know, that relationship we need to have with him. You guys hear that a lot, right? Your relationship with the Lord is the most important thing you need to guard, you need to protect, you need to prioritize in your life. You know, on the men's study on Wednesday night, it's like something we mentioned right off the bat. You could, you could narrow down to probably three different things when someone's struggling. Either you're not spending time with the Lord, you're not reading, or you're not in fellowship, right? Those things, prayer on, on a big blackboard, you can check them off. Not that things are going to be perfect, right? But if you're struggling, usually one of those things is, is lacking. Praying, reading, uh, and being in the Bible, you know, needs to be a place that we um, can be used like Jonah was going to be used. You know, to deliver God's, God's word, God's grace. So let's read uh, a big chunk of this. Let's read verses 3 through 15. Anybody play the game, Jonah, uh, Truth and Treat? You guys play the game? You know, this, this is a, a, a story that, you know, most of the kids know in the, in the classrooms, but it's, it's, it's something that, that's really, I think, impacted me more than once. But this is a section here where we get to see what, what Jonah, ac Jonah actually does. So verse, verse 3. It says, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go into them, to with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. 
Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came up to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. It's a hard word to say. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. You guys get a lot of pictures in your mind there? Uh, he fled from the presence of God. Doesn't that scare you? He fled from the presence of God. You know, Jonah was with God and chose to leave his presence and run away from him. Anyone ever run away from home when they were small? I had a, had a friend in elementary school that he, he did, and he wanted to use my house as a uh, hiding place. Um, and I remember I was like, no, I know your dad, and I know my dad and my mom, and that's not going to happen, you know, there. Uh, I, I guess just as, you know, here, you know, he was, he was running away from a, a, a place where a family, you know, loved him. You know, a family that was, had his best in mind, a place of security to, to go walking around the neighborhood by himself. And back then, elementary schools could walk around by themselves because it was a little safer. But till... You know, around, uh, I forget, around seven, you know, when it got a little colder, he finally came to his senses and went home. How much more sense does it make, you know, for Jonah and for us to run away from the presence of God? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, a place of security, a place of love in exchange for, for something that's unknown. You don't know what's around the next corner in your life. You know, it's tough to live a life for the Lord, but how much more... A life without him, will it be? You know, it can lead us to a place, as it did Jonah, where it even puts others in dangers as well. You know, choices affect others more, more than we think. You know, 
a, load, a, a boatload of people as Jonah's decision, decision did, and we could just be chilling on the bottom of a boat and not even know its effects on the people around us. You know, the ship that Jonah was on was in the middle of a storm, and the, and the mariners were afraid, and they, they started to cry out to their own gods, little g, their own gods. And where was Jonah? What's he doing? He's sleeping. You know, I, uh, oblivious to everything above that was happening. And finally, the captain goes down and tells them, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, wake up. You need to pray. You know, I don't care who you pray to, but maybe your God will consider us, as it says there, and we won't die. All their prayers don't work, so they cast lots, and they, the lot fell on who? Jonah the sleeper, right? And so they ask him all these questions. Where are you from? You know, what did you do? You know, who are your people? And verse 9, you know, kind of says where Jonah's is at. Jonah's at. He said, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. The God who made the sea, it says. Jonah told him that he had fled from the presence of God, to which they became exceedingly afraid. Verse 1, the men asked Jonah, you know, what, did we, what do we do? And Jonah says, just throw me overboard and everything will be okay. And, but these guys kind of wanted to help him out a little bit, right? They started to paddle towards the shore. It's crazy sometimes, right, when you see people going through things because of their deliberate choices that we try to help them out a little bit. But there's no help for them, right? There's no help. We're either going to get hurt with them or we're going to make things worse. And right here, these guys, these guys come to their senses and they... I would have thrown them away real quick if I was on the boat. That's just me. But even though through Jonah's decisions, right, these guys are affected in a good way. Like it says in verse 14, it says, Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish. Let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with this innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. In verse 15, they pick up Jonah and throw him into the sea, and all became calm. So they, they saw all these things, and they feared exceedingly you know, because of this. They offered sacrifices to the Lord and took, and took vows, as it says in verse, uh, verse 16. Yeah, verse 16. Um, you know, I'm not sure what kind of vows but they took, that they took, but it would, I would assume that everything here, you know, and... and, and, and in a big scope, they were, like it says, they were affected by the power of God. Imagine that. The sea roaring, the, the sea, you know, the waves and stuff, and all of a sudden they throw this guy into the sea and all is calm. You know, and hearing that he's fleeing from the presence of the Lord, right, that that admission from Jonah there, and all became calm once they tossed Jonah into the sea. So great visuals there, and which brings us to the last verse in chapter 1, and, and then we'll get into chapter 2. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Individuals have trouble taking the story of Jonah you know, as truth. Uh, it's hard for them to believe that God prepared this fish for Jonah. I don't think it's beyond God to do that. I don't think it's beyond him or to plan for this moment to happen to Jonah, the creator of heaven and earth who spoke everything into existence and, and not prepare a fish for this moment. 
you know, it's hard to believe against it when you look at who mentioned in the New Testament too. Jesus mentioned it, mentioned it himself in Matthew 12, verse 40. It says, For as Jonah was there three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be there three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So that's enough for me. That's enough for me because Jesus said it was so. Confirmation, right? It is so. Another subject people have trouble coming to grips with here is, is that the subject of the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Why did God go after Jonah as he did? Did he really need Jonah specifically to, to go to Nineveh, do you guys think? Not so much, right? Did God need Jonah's help? I think Manny taught on that a little bit last week. You know, God doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our help. Ultimately, God is on the throne, and he does as he pleases. Amen? He does as he pleases. We're all here. And uh, sorry, we all have the, the free will to make decisions and be where we are at today indiv- as individuals. You know, I, I don't like to get caught up in those discussions, so to speak, because those things are way up here for me sometimes. I usually just point them to Manny. Uh, but Isaiah, I, get, I like these two verses that kind of confirm both uh, things, you know, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Isaiah 46, 9, 11 says, For I am God, write that down, please. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11 for I am God and there was no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Call in a bird and pray from the east, a man who executes my counsel from the far country. Indeed, I have spoken it and I'll also bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will also do it. And you look at Galatians 6, 7, talks about our, our doings, right? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall also reap. You know, in my life, in the life of Jonah, I'm just blown away by the grace of God. By the grace of God. That is pretty much all it boils down to. You know, God wants us to be a part of his plans. He will speak to us, right? Reach out to us. And hopefully we'll join his plan, right? Be a part of it. One commentator said this about reaching out to to Jonah as God did. Uh, He said, God could have rescued Jonah in a number of ways. He chose this specific way because of its effect it would have on Jonah's heart. What happens when God wants a person to do something, but the person does not want to do it? Jonah shows us that God has a way of bringing us to a place where we want what he wants. Now, I'm sure we've all been at that place where, where God is telling me something or telling you, son, daughter, you know, I want you to go here like I mentioned before, and I want you to be a part of this plan that I have. And we're like ignoring it, right? But God doesn't say, you know, you know, I don't need you, forget you, son, you know, or something like that. He will give us time. I'm not sure how much time. That's up to him, but he, he'll, he'll work on our heart. So give us that opportunity, you know, to start to do things, to remind us, to speak to us, you know, through his word or, or some, he'll speak through Pastor Manny, right? You're like, Manny, what did God tell you about me? That you're saying these things. But, but his mercy and his grace has been, you know, given to us, you know, in, the, in those, those times until he, you know, decides otherwise, where he'll, he'll use someone else. But he, he is a patient, patient God. Amen? He's very patient with me.
that he will get our attention and, and put our attention on his kingdom instead of the tube, you know, watching basketball or anything like that. And then blessings will come. Blessing will come from that to be a part of his plan, you know, for our lives. That's so awesome, right, to be a part of that. Uh, let's jump into chapter 2. You guys still with me? Chapter 2, book of Jonah. So let's read all these verses. This is Jonah's prayer here. Real, real cool chapter. So let's read. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and all your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed beyond me forever. Yet you have brought me up life. Sorry, yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So Jonah has been in the belly of the fish for, for three days and, and cries out to the Lord because of his affliction, his distress or trouble. Do you guys all have certain promises you guys keep, you know, close to your heart the Lord has given you? I, I pray you guys do. You know, many promises that he has given to us in his word this is one that's so big for me here. You know, he will hear me when I cry out to him. He will hear me when I cry out to him. Wherever I'm at and I need help, he is there for me and for you. Uh, no one else has the ability to do that. No one else, no other so-called gods can do that. You know, that, that word sheol, sheol has the meaning of a place of no return. A place of exile, it means. You know, even there, God hears you. Even there, God hears your cry. Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. You know, I encourage you all you here tonight that you will never go too far that, that God will not hear you. You know, if you if you humble yourself and you acknowledge you you need him in your life, he will hear you. Guaranteed, right? You can put a stamp on it. Guaranteed. Even from the belly of a fish. Even there. You know, I think the life of David and how he would cry out to God, you know, he was, his life was all over the place, right? Man after God's own heart. 
Second Samuel's Second Samuel twenty two seven. It says, "In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and cried out to my God, and He heard my voice from His temple, and my cry entered His ears." You know, such an awesome promise from the Lord to us today, and in whatever situation you are in, even in the future, you know, don't forget this. Don't forget this. You are never too far from the Lord. For him to hear your cry. Never too far. Let me read verses 3 through 7 again. Verse 3. It says, For you have cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep clothes around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with all its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. So who did Jonah say cast him into the sea? The sailors? He said, the Lord cast me into the deep. You know, when, when someone prays, you'll be able to tell where they're at, you know, in their relationship with the Lord. Jonah here, you can see that the Lord softened them up. You know, he tenderized them. Thanksgiving's coming, right? Tenderized them. Jonah here, you could see that, you know, he, he wasn't angry or, or bitter, that he got all wet. He was accepting the events as God was with him. You know, the flood surrounded me. The waves passed over me. Anyone ever, ah, the beach is so dangerous, right? Ever been get caught in those waves? I'm not a good swimmer, so it's even more scarier for me. But that, that's a scary thing. It's, it's the worst feeling I think I've ever had, you know, or even being close to almost drowning. You know, you're, the feeling of being alone is just so ugly. And, you know, you're trying to stay afloat and nothing seems to be working. Your legs are all, you know, like jello and your arms too. And you, you start choking on the water and Jonah's just recalling all these things. And in his prayer, going over the things that, w that he went through and he's telling God about them, you know, that, that conversation that, that we need to have with God. You know, all these things happen to me, you know, happen to me, Lord, yet, yet you brought me up. Yet you brought me up. You brought my life up from the pit. He doesn't just acknowledge his, his physical self, but also his soul, you know, where he says he's, his soul fainted within me, he says. And it says, I remembered. I remembered. Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but I will remember the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 77, verse 10, This is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Lamentations 3, 22 through 26, says, This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, 
to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. If you are ever alone, remember the Lord. Remember him. You have to remember how the Lord promised to never leave you nor forsake you, right? You guys have that in your head. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This life will take you through many valleys and peaks. Seems like more valleys. But but that's okay. With joy, we will walk this life, you know, hand in hand with the Lord. With joy. Even through the valleys. You know, I think of, of, of phone calls that I've been on and, and the person on the other line has just lost all hope in their life. You know, they're, they're at their, their end. And, you know, what, what do I tell them? What do you tell them? Because I know you guys have been on those phone calls too. Cry out to God and he will answer. That's what I tell them. You know, they're, they're, they're in the, the belly of the fish. They're in the depths of Sheol, but God will hear them if they cry out. Does God hear? I'm asking. Does God hear? Amen. Yes. Does it matter when? Does it matter where? It doesn't, right? He will answer. Psalm 139, it says, If I take up the wings of the morning and flee to the uttermost parts of the sea, even there you will lead me. You know, be confident, never forget that God will be there when, when you are ready. You know, I emphasize and I stress when you are ready because people say sometimes, you know, where is God in my life if all, if all these things are happening to me? You know, there, there needs to be like that, 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 that humbling of ourselves, right, to where we, you know, are accepting, all right, God, you know, here's, here's everything. Here's my life. You know, not, not just a, my pinky. You know, here's all my life. Lord, do what you want. You know, total openness to what God wants for us and not what we want for our lives. Because that's just so easy, right? I'm going to do what I want today. I'm going to do what I want. That's the easy choice. But to do what God wants you to do, it's just, just challenging but joyful, right? There, there's fulfillment in that. That you were created for this, and I'm doing it. All glory to God, right, still, but still, you're a part of his plan. Uh, verse 8 says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. The NLT says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. If you're falling after deception or after a lie, you're only making it hard on yourself, and you're only want, running away um, from that which is best for you. And that's just what God, right? It's a lie to think that you know better for your own life than God does. It's a lie that for you to think that you can find happiness apart from God. It's a lie that you can, if you think that you can escape from God. And, and, and for me, for us to attempt to do so, uh, we're only bringing misery to ourselves, right? It's only bringing pain to our lives. You're forsaking your own mercy, like it says, because God is merciful and God is loving. Wherever, whatever God has in mind for us, it is the very best, the very best thing that could ever happen to us or to you, though you may not think it. God may be calling you to, to do something and you are trying to run because you have this fear that to do what God is calling you to do 
will just mess everything up. It's not a part of my plan, God. How could this be? Really, you are running away from the very best thing that could ever happen to you. You're running away from that. You know, instead you're running to, the, to those idols or, you know, all those idols that we have in this world today and the one we see in the morning, every morning in the mirror, right? First person we see. You know, that, that, that greedy person, that selfish person who wants everything to go his way instead of, of his way. You know, there is security in doing what God wants you to do and there is danger and suffering when you choose um, your way. Your way. Black and white, right? Just black and white. Uh, I like, like what Chuck Smith, he's real, real simple, right? And he gave this, this uh, um, little portion here on this. He says, when I think I know better than God, when I think that I know better than God, what will make me happy and what is good for me? And as I look back on those instances in my life, when I was observing these lying vanities, and when I had forsaken the path that God had set before me, and I thought that I could find greater happiness and greater pleasure by leaving the path of God. I look back at those experiences today, and I realized that they were the most miserable experience of my entire life. The misery that I brought to myself and brought to others when I thought I knew better than God what would make me happy. And I created a living hell in which I had to live in. Until, like with David, I confess my sin before God and receive his forgiveness and his cleansing and the blotting out of, and was restored in the fellowship with God. And he says, oh, to be out of fellowship with God is hell itself. That is what hell is all about, is out of fellowship with God. And to think of being out of fellowship with God eternally is unthinkable. So just being, being with him, right? That's our main thing, being, being uh, part of his plan. Verse 9 and 10. I'm going to read those, and we'll, then we'll wrap it up. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving, and I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. You know, what, what an important lesson for us, you know, for me, for you. Salvation is not of my own works, right? Not of what I can do. Uh, it's not of my own efforts. You know, I tried for a long time in my own works and my own efforts to be pleasing to God. Uh, but what a great day when I learned the lesson that Jonah learned here. Salvation is of the Lord. He did everything, right? Amen? He did everything. I learned from a lot, of, uh, a lot after uh, experiences, experiences of failure. You know, you, you see yourself for who you are. And, and trying to do what's right and unable to always do what is right. You know, feeling this failure before God uh, until I came to the truth and it was presented to me. Salvation is of the Lord. And I began to rest in that. Salvation is in Him. I pray that you are at the same place where Jonah was at this moment you know, I'm done, Lord. I'm all, I'm done, Lord. I'm all yours. No more, no more messing around. You know, may you know, got to the point where I said, you know, you take over my life, Lord, and use it however you want. You know, and you will, you too, you will experience a life filled with joy, no matter you know what's going on in your life. Like I said, those valleys, right? You still go through them. 
you know, knowing that God's going to do something good here for sure. Right? And then, like, Jonah, and when Jonah delivered, you know, he got in the plan right with the Lord. And Jonah delivered that message to the people of Nineveh. In verse 10 of chapter 3, it says, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. So that, that plan of salvation, right, that God had for the people, that plan of grace and mercy for the people of Nineveh, Jonah was used by that. You know, in this we see how a person can choose, maybe not choose correctly, but he can choose. We see how God can chase after his son, right, with love and grace to him and bring him to a place where his eyes are open to, to God's plan. And there is like a, an embrace there. There's like acceptance to it. And by God's grace, Jonah was reached out, reached out to uh, by God's grace, uh, which we are reached out to as well. And by his grace, his judgment will not come upon me. Salvation was given to me. Salvation was given to you. And all you have to do is to receive it, right? Amen? Amen. To receive it. Remember the Lord and all that he has done for us. You know, that he loves you. His calling will lead you to the highest and the best of your life. The best. And his desire is not to to strip you away from things, right? Not to strip things from your life, but to add to you. To add to your life. And there'll be such crazy stuff happening to you, right? Uh, crazy good things, crazy God things. You see God work in people's lives, and you'll get to be a part of it and see more and more what God wants to do, you know, not with just within your home, but within your heart too, right? When we, when we willingly accept and when we're close to God and we hear from Him. Uh, such, such a great prayer from Jonah. You kind of see where his heart was right and then he got to a place where, where God's like all right let's do some work here let's go out and, and save some souls and like I said like I asked you guys before you guys want to be part of that right amen